Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerberg. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. So this morning we are kicking off with a new series um, that I've entitled Salvation. And uh, I'm excited to, to get into, into this series and a lot of what we've shared this morning is already kind of uh, added a little bit to and, and kind of given some, some glimpses of what we'll be getting into this morning or uh, throughout the series. I'm not sure how long it will be just yet, but uh, we are going to get into it. So who of you enjoys a good old load shedding? <laughs> okay, load shedding, there are some benefits, guys. There are some benefits. Um, in a sense of like when the TVs are off and you can't do TV and this is off and that is off and it's just quiet. It's just, there's no distractions. It's just darkness and there's, there's that, that time of just connecting, right? So there are those benefits. Um, but none of us at the core enjoys load shedding. It's not something we enjoy. And uh, if it's taking place, all of us in some ways have already kind of worked around it. Got in our inverters and got this and got solar. And so people are already working around it because it's a schlep. People don't want to experience load shedding. It's not a blessing. It's not good. Um, and then oftentimes when, when uh, load shedding is, is, uh, doesn't happen or it's cut, uh, the, the shedding that was going to happen is cut short, we feel like ESCOM is really blessing us. Like we feel like they're generous with, uh, with, uh, with the power. Hey? <laughs> And uh, so we, we, we're going through all of these emotions and we're going through all of these things, but uh, ultimately all of us want the power. All of us want power to be available to us. And uh, we don't just want the power to be available to us and we don't just not want load shedding to say that, oh, at least there's not load shedding. We want the power to fulfill a purpose, right? We want our appliances to work. We want our geysers to be hot, Right? Hot showers are uh, nicer than cold showers. At times, a cold shower is nice and fun. Um, Catherine hates it when I take a cold shower because then I'm like an ice block when I get into bed. And uh, um, she doesn't like that. But uh, we all want the power, but the power is there for a purpose. Like if, if we didn't have appliances, if we didn't have lights and things like that, having power available would just be useless, right? So the power is there to serve a purpose. And that's what we want to look at this morning and throughout this series. We want to come and understand what is available to us as children of God, what power is available, but what is the purpose of that power and how do we activate it? How do you release the power, right? Because there's no point in having the power. You don't know its purpose or you know the purpose, but you don't know how to use it. Then life just becomes a frustration. And a lot of you might be frustrated as Christians because you don't know some of these things. And we want to get into these things to come and understand it because if we get a, a, a grip on these matters, the power available, the purpose, and how to, then we'll start living uh, powerful lives versus powerless lives here on earth. Amen. So this morning is entitled Common Salvation. Common Salvation. Let's go to Luke chapter 24 because it all starts with defining salvation. Because there's many definitions of someone uh, would come to ask you, what is salvation? What does it mean to be a Christian? then uh, hopefully you're not just going to answer it. it means to go to church on Sundays, which all of you have done, so well done. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good sign, it's a good fruit of Christianity and valuing the gathering of the believers. So that's powerful and it's good. But there's more to salvation than that. Or there's actually less to, which leads to more to. Amen, that's uh, like a little bit of an uh, oxymoron. 
So let's go to Luke chapter 24, verse 44 to 49 from the Passion Translation. So Luke 24, verse 44 to 49, I encourage you, make notes, open up your Bibles, get into it, and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you and reveal things to you that I might not even be touching on. Because uh, there's a lot that we can touch on, and there's always many things that the Holy Spirit could bring to the surface that I haven't necessarily prepared. Like I've, there's, there's almost one dimension that I get into, but you get to uh, tap into many, uh, many more dimensions by uh, being an active listener, not just kind of one year in, other year out. Amen? So let's be active listeners and partakers this morning in the Word and ask questions to ourselves and make notes. So it says, Then he said to them, Don't you remember the words that I spoke to you when I was with you? I told you that I would fulfill everything written about me. So this is Jesus talking. And he says, Including all of the prophecies from the law of Moses through the Psalms and the writings of the prophets, he supernaturally unlocked their understanding to receive the revelation of the Scriptures and said to them, everything that, has happened, or everything that has happened fulfills what the Scriptures prophesied of me. So again, we looked at this last week. What's the Scriptures? It's Genesis to Malachi. Okay, so it's not uh, Gospels. It's the, those didn't exist yet when, they, uh, when this was um, uh, penned down for us. Okay, so it's referencing Genesis to Malachi, the old, the, the law of Moses, the Psalms, the prophets. Okay, so everything that has happened fulfills what the scriptures prophesied of me. The Messiah was destined, so now I was uh, explaining this, what, does, what did it prophesy? The Messiah was destined to suffer, to rise from the dead on the third day. Now you must go into all the nations and preach repentance and forgiveness of sins so that they will turn to me. Start right here in Jerusalem. For you are my witnesses and have seen for yourselves all that has transpired. I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you. So stay here in the city until you are clothed with mighty power of heaven. So what message are we finding here? This is one of the, the, the records where Jesus kind of expounds a little bit unto them what the scriptures meant, what they were uh, pointing towards. So what do we see here? We see here the message of Jesus dying and Jesus being raised from the dead. Okay, so that, that's one aspect to, uh, to what Jesus came to accomplish for us. Then from that, there's repentance and forgiveness. And then we see the fulfillment of the promise. Now, I'm pointing out these, these simple things to us because oftentimes the messages we're preaching and the messages we're believing and the things that we're hoping for is not the message of Jesus. It's a message of having all of my needs met. It's a message of, of having multiple houses and big businesses and all of these things. But, and it's, it's, it's taking some verses in the Bible and twisting them to suit your desires. To, 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 to kind of uh, stroke your flesh. But at least we've, we've added a verse or part of a verse out of context to what we believe just to make ourselves feel like we're believing the right thing. Now, present company excluded, I know none of us have done that and you haven't uh, twisted the Bible to suit your desires and your needs. Um, I'm just joking a little bit, sarc sarcasm there for you guys to uh, lighten the mood. But Jesus expresses a specific message. He, he takes the scriptures, the law of Moses, he takes the prophets and the Psalms and he unlocks their understanding, he gives them revelation which means that they did not have revelation. 
Right? So he unlocks the understanding to come to understand something. To come to understand his purpose. That he was going to come to die, to be raised from the dead, and there's a specific message to be preached. Repentance and forgiveness. And then he said, and then the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. But I love how the Passion Translation uh, refers here, and it says, and then you will be clothed with mighty power from heaven. Now, clothing is something you can see, right? All of us can see what we are wearing. We can see clothing. So it's external. And next week, we're going to look at what it means, the external that, that was written about the Holy Spirit, and then the internal that we're going to look at this morning. So we're going to get into a, a little bit more of this, because throughout the Church of Acts specifically, now I'm jumping ahead a little bit, we see explaining more external, like clothing, the clothing you're wearing, versus the internal. And we're going to get into uh, just unlocking some of that and, and redefining again what was the writer's talking about in Acts specifically. But this morning we're looking at common faith. So let's go to 2 Timothy 3 verse 15. So we're talking about the common salvation. Common salvation, common faith. Because oftentimes the word faith is used interchanged uh, in reference to salvation. Because you need faith to have salvation, right? You need to put your faith in, to, in, in Christ. So 2 Timothy 3.15 from the Amplified Classic, it says, And how from a childhood, or from your childhood, you have had knowledge of and been acquainted with the sacred writings, or the scriptures. So Amplified here doesn't use the word scriptures yet. The sacred writings, he's referencing the scriptures. So he's writing to Timothy and said, you've, you've had knowledge of these scriptures, those sacred writings. You've been acquainted with them. While you are able which are able to, so he's talking about the writings, he's talking about the scriptures, which are able to instruct you and to give you understanding for salvation, which comes through faith, which, in, which is in Christ Jesus. So here again, very simply explaining the scriptures, the writings, intent, and their purpose is to instruct you. To instruct you in what? To instruct you to be a better business person. To instruct you to be a better husband. To instruct you to be a better father, right? No. Now you can't, through the writings and, and through going to Proverbs, get some nuggets of wisdom to be a good business person. But a Muslim can also do that. Have you ever thought about that? A Muslim, an unbeliever, can go to Proverbs, read all 31 chapters, and become a very good business person. So that's not the purpose of the Scriptures. Jesus didn't give us that as the purpose of the Scriptures. Paul didn't give that to us as the purpose of the Scriptures. The purpose of the sacred writings, the Scriptures, is there to instruct you and to give you understanding for salvation, which comes through faith in Christ Jesus. Through the leaning, the Amplified puts it in brackets here, through the leaning of the entire human personality on God in Christ Jesus in absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness. This is awesome. This is powerful. We need to understand this. So we're talking about common salvation, and we're redefining what salvation is all about. And then we're going to get into a little bit more of this power that all of us desires and how to activate, how to unlock, and you see it released in our lives. Now in Luke chapter uh, 24 that we just looked at, 
Jesus tells his disciples to stay, to stay and wait for the Holy Spirit. Why did he tell his disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit? Right? Because he's ministering to them, um, he's been raised from the dead, and now he tells them, hey guys, so you've experienced all of this, you've experienced this miracle, and you know that I'm the Messiah, you know that I came to die, and this is the purpose, this is the reason, but just wait a little bit. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Why did he tell his disciples to wait? Let's go to John chapter 7, John 7, 37 to 39. It says, In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If a man thirsts, say thirst with me, thirst, thirst. When you're thirsting, which I am now, you, there's, a, there's a desire. Like it's, 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 it's irritating. You want to quench the thirst. You want to do anything to quench the thirst. This world is thirsting. People are living without the quench. Every person that you know that does not know Christ, they're thirsting. They're hungry. And they're trying to fulfill the thirst in a whole bunch of different things. Now you can drink various liquids, right? I'm drinking water here. Then I can also have maybe a, a cup of milk here. I can maybe have a milkshake. Who of you know that drinking a milkshake is not going to quench your thirst? It's going to actually make you more thirsty. So the world is drinking milkshakes thinking that it's quenching their thirst because they're drinking something. And a milkshake's fun, right? It's fun to have a milkshake. I don't know when last I had one, so I haven't had fun, obviously, in a while. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I have a lot of fun. Um, but the world is drinking various liquids and things thinking that I'm quenching my thirst. And we can see the state of the world is showing clearly that there's something wrong. The quench is not being, uh, the, the thirst is not being quenched. So Jesus says, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall, shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So Jesus was saying this because the, the fulfillment was still coming to fruition. So he told his disciples, go and wait because there's still a fulfillment. I'm, I'm sealing the deal. I'm, I'm bringing this to a completion. But I'm look at and zone in on this, verse 39 quickly. But this he spake. So he's talking about streams of living water. He's talking about uh, 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 the thirst being quenched. In John chapter 4, he also expresses the same uh, ministry to the woman of Samaria. And, and he's asking her to give him a bucket of, or, or some water. And she asks him, but why do you ask me for water? And, and then Jesus responds and said, like, if you know who it was asking you for water, you would ask him for water and he'll give you the living water. And this man or whoever drinks of this water will never again thirst. Some of you are dissatisfied this morning. Some of you are feeling like, man, what's the purpose? What's life about? I'm not saying you haven't received the Spirit yet, but you've stopped to drink of the Spirit maybe. And we're going to get into some of that in the series to come. And one of the things also that Jesus did here he, in Luke chapter 24, we see that He's unlocking the understanding because maybe you don't understand what you have. And so you're not experiencing what you have. Like a lot of things in this world, you, you might have a, have a very expensive phone and you're just using it to make phone calls. But meanwhile, you can use that phone to do emails, you can uh, do video calls. There's a whole bunch of things that you don't know. 
But until you come to know it, you can fully start enjoying the phone for its intended purpose. And it's the same for us as Christians. There's a lot of things that we don't know, so we're not enjoying Christianity to the full for what God came to provide for us. And that's why we come to church. We don't just come to church to tick a box and say that at least I, I, I went to church this week. Man, we don't do church like that. We don't just give you the opportunity to tick a box. We're going to challenge one another in the Word. We're going to get into the Word together. We're going to pray for one another like we did this morning. Please come back next week because we might do it again. And you might become, if you didn't enjoy it this morning, I can guarantee you'll start enjoying it. Because God created you. God gave you a spirit not to be a, a dormant puddle. He created a stream, a spirit inside of you to gush forth. To be streams of living water. Rivers of water. Not a trickle. Not just a little drop. But He spread in us. And this is the beauty as well. We'll get into a little bit of this. The Spirit of God in you is there for you to, 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 to nourish, to, to stir, to, to bring about a manifestation. But the Spirit in you is also there for me. It's God's Spirit in you, but it's also God's Spirit in us. Together. Ministering to one another. Verse 39, yeah. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. So who would receive? They who believe. Say, I am a believer. Okay, so if you're not a believer and you said that, that doesn't make you a believer. Because it's not by saying something or repeating something someone asks you to repeat, or by saying a specific prayer that you are saved. That's not how salvation works. It's about heart belief and mouth confession in Jesus Christ. Him dying, Him being raised from the dead, Him being the Son of God. That's faith. That's salvation. So you can't just become a believer by praying or repeating someone else's words. But why I ask you to repeat is just to get some engagement from you guys and to wake up those who are sleeping. Who There's none this morning, luckily, um, just yet. I'm checking those close to the heaters because uh, they've got a tendency to kind of... Uh, <laughs> get you zoned out a little bit, go into some form of trance. Um, so they which believe on Him would receive. It's very simple. We're going to get into a lot of this this morning. So who has the Holy Spirit? Those who receive, or those who believe on Him would receive. Now when Jesus said, yeah, because this is often also where we get uh, uh, things uh, confused, when Jesus told the disciples to go and wait to receive something, the only reason that was at that time was because the Holy Spirit did not yet come. He wasn't yet poured out. But this is hundreds of years ago. So as a believer, when you respond to Christ and you receive Jesus, you don't need to wait for a thing. You don't need to wait or go to someone to receive something. You don't need to have someone rub their hands on your head. Because Jesus Himself said here in John 7, they which believe would receive. Believe equals receive. It's very simple. Now let's look at who has the power and just get into a little bit more of this. Because if we know who has the power, then we can start moving towards unlocking this and, and enjoying this and using it for its intended purpose. Let's go to Jude chapter 1 verse 3. We so, so we're talking about common salvation. Common salvation, meaning common is something, it's not extraordinary, it's not special. It's, it's common, like 
it's, everyone knows. It's a, it's a common thing. All of us know it. Right? So we're going to look at uh, Jude 1 expresses this uh, term here, and it says, verse 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. What salvation? The common salvation. Not the special salvation for a select few, not the whatever, you fill in the blank, what your, your mindset has been on your salvation. No one in this room has had a special salvation. There's one salvation. It comes one way, through faith in Christ Jesus, who He is and what He accomplished. That's what it means, common salvation. No one gets saved any other way apart from heart, belief, mouth, confession in Jesus Christ. That's why it's called common salvation. Now you might be thinking, why am I laboring this point? It's very important and we're going to get there. I'm writing unto you of the common salvation. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. So to contend for the faith is also expressing this, this, this urgency to keep this pure. This faith. He's not talking about a special kind of faith. He's talking and linking the faith to the common salvation again. So he's talking about doctrine. He's talking about uh, theology of what salvation is about. It's a common salvation. So when Jude is right, uh, when this uh, letter was written, he's talking about and he's expressing a common salvation. And, and we need to understand that the author is linking this common salvation to his audience. Like I'm speaking of, I said, hey guys, we've got a, a common God. Or uh, I'm writing to you about the common God. So it's linking my God and your God together. So it's linked, it's common, it's together, it's the same. Same, same. Not different, different. Same, same. So it's not special. Say not special. It's not different. It's not extraordinary. Yes, salvation is extraordinary. But what we're talking about here is the salvation there's no different forms of salvation. It's one salvation, and it's common to all who have put their faith in Christ Jesus. Titus 1 verse 4 expresses the same uh, point for us. To Titus, my own son, after the common faith. So Paul and Titus, they had common faith. Paul didn't have some special faith, and then Titus, not so much. So that's why Paul got to write more letters than Titus did, and he had a greater ministry because he had a special salvation. He had a special encounter. Every encounter is special when it points you to Jesus Christ and your faith in Him. Amen? It doesn't matter how extravagant. It doesn't matter how glorious. It doesn't matter how supernatural. Because you can have supernatural experiences and it doesn't lead you to Christ Jesus. The faith of Mormonism, the guy had a supernatural experience. An angel appeared unto him and gave him a new Bible. So don't go seeking supernatural experiences just for the sake of, because it might lead you down the wrong track. After the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father and Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul calls, he uses salvation here also. It's, it's common. He's linking faith to salvation. 2 Peter 1 verse 1. This letter is from Simeon Peter, a loving servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to those who have been given a faith as equally precious as ours through the righteousness of God our Savior Jesus Christ. A faith that is equally as precious as ours. Man, this, is the, this has been probably one of the biggest hindrances and crutches to the body of Christ. 
throughout history as putting men and women on pedestals, thinking that some have a special kind of salvation, some have a special kind of faith, some have a special Holy Spirit, some have a Holy Spirit that's a little bit more mature than the one that I have. Because that's what we see in the Bible. We see that there's, there's a th- if, I if I can remember correctly, there's a, um, a three-year-old Holy Spirit that is kind of just an infancy and like a, his toddler vibes. And then they grow up and then they go to primary school, that Holy Spirit. And some of us have received that Holy Spirit. Sarcasm, guys. Uh, just uh, We don't see any of that. There's one Holy Spirit, one salvation. Paul writes about this in Ephesians chapter uh, four, 4 as well. One faith, one God, one baptism. It's important to understand these things because as we come to see the common salvation we have, you're going to be challenged, but it's also going to liberate you. It's going to challenge you because you're going to start realizing that you are living way below what God has come to make available to you. You're living way below the purpose and the, 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 the destiny that God is calling you into. But praise God, if you are breathing today, this morning, you can change that. Amen? I feel like dancing around this court this whole time. We talked about this this past week, and I was like, man, I just want to like dance a little bit and swing my hips. <laughs> Super funny. Um, please come back. Like, Don't uh, um, hold that against me. Um, it's, really, it's really special, like, the culture we have at, at Grace Life, if you haven't come to know this yet, is that we definitely don't have a man of God, the guy up front complex, he's the holy guy, throw out your, your jackets and your cloaks for me, carry my water around for me, even though sometimes people bring me water, and um, I appreciate that, um, but that's not the culture, you don't have to call me pastor, you don't have to call me apostle or whatever, um, if you, if you do, like, I'm not going to hold it against you. Some cultures do that. And it's, there's an awesome honoring in those cultures. Sometimes it's, it's negative as well. But have an honor, having an honoring culture is good and it's, uh, uh, it's healthy. We need to just have it in its proper place. So there aren't different kinds of salvation. We all have the same salvation. We all have the same Holy Spirit. When did we receive that Holy Spirit? It's a good question to ask because, again... In light of Luke chapter 24, it seems like the disciples kind of had to go and go through another experience, like because they had to go and wait for the Holy Spirit. So they had a, and yes, they did have another experience, but it was in a specific time because that experience was not yet made available. So we can't take that as doctrine and say, like, okay, guys, this is what the ex- disciples experienced. So we too need to go to a specific room and go through a specific ritual to receive. The, what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to, throughout the next, this morning and a little bit next week, kind of de- debunk a little bit this, this understanding. And we're not debunking it for the sake of debunking and smashing things. But we're getting into this to unlock your understanding and revelation so that you can experience more of what you have. The purpose to get into difficult things or contrary teaching sometimes is not just to be fancy and have the new thing on the block and this and that. It's to point you to a, a, a greater reality of what Christianity is about. Because Christianity and a lot of things have become super complicated and 
jumping through a whole bunch of different hoops, and we just never get to that place where I can actually start sharing my faith with someone. Because I, I don't know enough Bible, I haven't done Bible school and ministry school, and I haven't done internship, and I, I, I haven't served long enough in church, and I don't speak well, and like this and that, and I need to get prepared and prepared and prepared, and a lot of Christians are spending their whole life preparing for something that never comes. Present company excluded. Uh, we've got a ministry school, and uh, the awesome thing about our ministry school, now that I'm uh, speaking about it, realizing it, is it used to be two years, and it was two years for a long period of time, and now it's one year. Why is it one year? Because we want you to actually graduate and go get on with life. Start using what you have, and we've uh, adapted things, and there's more courses now as, uh, available as well um, to get you mobilized for fruitfulness. Because the greatest learning, if we think about this, because we understand this in practical terms in life, but we often forget about this in, when it comes to our Christian walk. We think that we need to sit with our noses in the Bible and just get theory, 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 theory. And thinking that that theory and that learning is going to somehow lead to practical application. In the, in the, in the business world, we see this, this beautiful concept of learning, and especially in some uh, colleges and things, there's a year of learning and then a year of application. And even in the medical field, it's not learning, learning, theology, theology, or uh, theory, theory, theory for five years and then, okay, cool, now we need to apply. No, it's learning and then amidst the learning, there's practice. Let's go and practice what we're learning. And so for the Christian church, guys, we need to start practicing. We need to start practicing what we're learning, what we're hearing. Go and apply it there in the world, because without that application, you'll never become confident. You'll never become bold. You'll always be fearful. And so church is a great environment where we get to practice these things and give a word to someone. Like, I feel this word in my heart. I don't know if it's me or if it's God. Like, does it mean anything to you? And then someone responds to me, like, man, that's just what I needed to hear. And then it's like, wow, that's awesome. Like, okay, now I understand what, what, I, what that word felt like and how it came to me. And like, okay, Father, help me grow more and more in understanding this and how to share this with people. Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. To the end, that through their receiving Christ Jesus, the blessing promised to Abraham might come unto the Gentiles, so that we through faith might all receive the re realization of the promise of the Holy Spirit. So basically, yeah, the promise that was made to Abraham was the promised Holy Spirit. And that we receive that Holy Spirit through what? Through receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm just putting things in there that's not there. That we would receive through faith the promised Holy Spirit. How many kinds of faith is there? There's the faith in Jesus, and then there's the faith of uh, uh, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? We see that throughout the Bible. I'm sarcastic. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what we're talking about. There's one faith. There's one baptism. So we receive the Holy Spirit. How? Through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Are we all on the same page? That's how you receive. John chapter 14 verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me. Say believe. So he that believes on Jesus, Right? The works that I do shall he also do, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. So Jesus is here referencing again, going unto my Father, he's referencing Pentecost. He's referencing his death, resurrection, and the outpouring of the Spirit. And through that, you will do the same works. 
through receiving, believing Jesus. Because remember this, when Jesus was talking about these things, and this is the, the, where the composition and understanding the composition, composition of the Bible is important, which we got into a little bit last week. When Jesus is referencing this, John 14, 12, and uh, throughout the chapter, and, and John specifically, there's a lot of reference to, to the Holy Spirit and the Comforter. And so when Jesus says here, He who believes on me, the works that I do, shall he also do in greater works than these, because I go unto my Father, is not teaching on, and we don't see this throughout the Bible, they're not teaching on, now you receive Jesus, and then now you receive the Holy Spirit, and now you can do X, Y, and Z. Jesus here says, those who believe on me shall do the same works as me. Because they've gone through this ministry school, they've received this baptism, and they've received that baptism, and then they've jumped through these hoops, and then they've done fasting for so long, and then they've... The Christian church, and we've been there as well as a ministry, where we put a lot of things ahead of people, a lot of hurdles. It's like, okay, cool, we need to get over this hurdle, and then, man, then you're going to be ready. But wait, 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 okay, I forgot about there's another hurdle, so we need to do this one as well. And then if you're ready for that one, and, you've, and it's hindered and pacified a lot of the Christian church, and we don't have any more time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got... Anybody got, anybody got time for that? <laughs> Amen? We shouldn't be giving time for things that is pacifying us. We should be released and arise and shine and be the glorious church who God created us to be. Coming to a close, Colossians 2, 6-7. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So how have you received Christ Jesus the Lord? By grace through faith. It's receiving the gift. So as you receive that gift, continue to walk in Him. Not thinking that you haven't received what you've actually received. Imagine this. One of the greatest tactics the devil would have over the body of Christ is to make us think that we do not have what God says we do have. Right? That's a great strategy. We've received something and we've received the fullness thereof and then for some reason we believe I haven't received that yet. Like, man, I'm so excited. Like, I see people expressing a manifestation of something, and, and I want that, but I'm not quite ready yet. And I don't know if, if I'm actually allowed to receive that which they have and operate in that which they have because I haven't lived that holy this past week. And I don't have the confidence yet to kind of go to the past and ask him to put his hand on my head and pray over me so I can receive this thing that they have. Verse 8 to 10. Beware that no one distracts you or intimidates you in their attempt to lead you away from Christ's fullness. That's the enemy's tactic, right? To lead us away from Christ's fullness. By pretending to be full of wisdom when they're filled with endless arguments of human logic. For they operate with humanistic and clouded judgments based on a mindset that the world system and not anointed truths of the anointed one. Verse 9. For he is the complete fullness of deity living in human form. Jesus. Verse 10, and our completeness is now found in Him. Our what? Completeness is found in Him. Our faith in Him. Salvation makes you complete. You are complete. You are filled. We are completely filled. How much filled? Completely filled 
with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. Again, rivers of living water overflows. He is the heir of every kingdom and authority in the universe. So with all of that, I want to share with you that we have a common faith. Every person that you've ever looked up to in the body of Christ, in the Bible, Paul, Timothy, all of these guys, you've got the common faith that they have. You've got the same spirit. And with that spirit, you've got the power. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca. Yeah.